Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Just Some Dads, and before we hit the episode, we just wanted to say, if you like what you're hearing, find our podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcast on, and like and subscribe to the podcast, and then leave us a a review and a rating, hit that rightmost star, and that'll help us know that we're on the right track, and that we can keep bringing you some more uh, awesome content, and if you have things that you want us to talk about, that you want to be featured on the podcast, or if you have questions for us or comments, uh, things that we're doing well, things that we should do better, uh, let us know. We want to hear from you on Facebook or Instagram at Just Some Dads, or you can reach us by email at justsomedadspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell your friends. Share our podcast with everybody, dads, moms, anybody who loves podcasts. Hopefully we can uh, have something for everybody. So thanks again for all of your support, and as always... Keep doing good. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Just Some Dads. You're here with your good friend Michael. And Colin. Everybody's friend Colin. Thank you. Today we're going to be talking about disagreements and how to disagree. So we may not be friends after this, right? Well, hopefully the end result of a disagreement is that you remain friends. It's not an argument. I mean, we'll right. talk about that later. But I don't know. We we were thinking about this and uh, looking at the calendar and realizing the week that we are in. We will let you extrapolate what we mean by that since this is not anything more than just a couple of dads talking about dad life. But we thought it'd be a good week to talk about how to disagree. Now, the funny thing is, um, and I don't know if you thought about this, Colin, but as we were planning for this whole episode this week. And as we were thinking about it, I had a really hard time thinking about things we could disagree about because I thought it'd be interesting to um, pick a topic and then have you and I have a disagreement about it. But I was like, man, what do Colin and I disagree on? Like usually we're pretty similarly minded and I had a hard time thinking about something. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like there's not going to be a lot that we could figure out. I mean, we came up with something eventually. That's true. As random as it is, I was not anticipating that. It's pretty random, but I think this will be a good way to illustrate um, how to have a healthy disagreement and share your opinions. So just to just to give you a little bit of a, an inkling as to what is to come here in this episode, um, what, some of the things that we talked about disagreeing on were uh, the best flavor of ice cream. We nixed that one. Uh, which car is best? I decided not to go with that one either. Uh, what exercise is hardest? Since for those of you who have been listening... And following us on Facebook, Colin and I started doing an exercise routine together. Not together, together, but, you know, at the same time. And we keep each other accountable for it. So we've been talking about how miserably sore we are. So we decided not to do that one. Other things we wanted to propose to disagree about were whether or not timeout is a good thing for your kids. Decided not to go down that route. Mask versus not mask. Because we were feeling adventurous about, you know, today's hot topics and decided that that was a terrible idea. Ultimately... We decided on the topic that we'll talk about later, and it was kind of a joke, but it ended up being something we legitimately disagree about, so that'll be kind of interesting. Yeah, I think this is it's a very um, timely discussion that we're having in light of the events of the coming week, and really the events of the last like four years. I feel like there's been a lot of discussion among my wife and I and among different members of my family and my in-laws about politics and other such things and um, some of them have ended up better than others yeah just with the with the the events of the last couple weeks I feel like this is a really important discussion to have especially 
because I feel like a lot of the discussion that's out there takes place on social media and isn't largely positive or uplifting or really good for your friends. Or your relationships for that matter. It's been it's been rough for a lot of us. And if you haven't experienced a bad disagreement or argument or a conversation that went awry or wrong in the recent past, then um, good for you. Congrats. You've got some solid people around you and you're all very like-minded or you're just very good at, at disagreeing. So we thought it was pertinent, thought it was relevant, wanted to jump into it. And um, first off, let's talk about what a disagreement is versus what an argument is. Because for us, we think we think they're different. And we think there are some different characteristics there. So let's start off with argument. Colin, what's an argument? I think an argument is a, a heated exchange back and forth. Um, there's finger pointing and fault finding. It, it, it never, uh, I won't say never, it doesn't usually end positively for either party. Mm-hmm. It ends with at least one person having their feelings hurt, usually both. Just it's not productive, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Um, some of the things that we saw as we were looking up the differences between arguments and disagreements. And honestly, none of this is super scientific. A lot of these are, you know, editorial thoughts and opinions and the opining of others, but we saw a lot of similarities. So an argument, characteristics of an argument are as it typically involves negative emotions, accusations, defensiveness, blame, anger. It pits one person against another person or multiple people against each other. It creates sides and it typically leads to distance in the relationship between those involved in the argument. Not very positive things. They don't always end up completely detrimental and destroying relationships and lives and whatnot, but I'm sure many of us here can think of of people who have been in arguments where it just ended up being the last straw and and really damaged some relationships. But that's that's not what we want to talk about here. Uh, We don't want to talk about how to have an argument because that kind of seems to defeat the purpose of just some dads trying to do positive things and, you know, keep doing good. Yeah, so I think this would be a good point to uh, illustrate what a disagreement is, where it's more of a, a conflict of ideas, where you have two different opinions about things, or there's some kind of failure of agreement, or where one person just has a limited understanding of a topic. So if Michael was trying to tell me why being a dad in the military is being harder than being a civilian dad... I would have no idea how to have that conversation because I don't know what it's like. And so that would lead to uh, a, a difference of opinion, probably, or a lack of my lack of understanding. And then having a discussion about that would inform my opinion. And then I could either continue to disagree with him on that or agree with him. I don't know. So, you know, the words like meaner and harder or like this is more difficult than this, like those experiences, like you were talking about, Colin, with, I mean, you actually said it, you know, being a military dad is harder than being a civilian dad. Like, that kind of harder or comparisons. Yeah. Uh, but those kind of comparisons often lead to disagreements or arguments or whatever. And we, human nature, I mean, me personally definitely embodies this, but as, as people, we like to be right and we like to dig in our heels. And so if someone comes at us with a comparative in a way that diminishes our standing or our thoughts or opinions and elevates theirs, our tendency, I think, is to kind of dig in, to double down, to like peacock feather up and, you know, display our colors as green as they may be and and try to fight back. I think we should posit that disagreements are a good thing because it allows for conversation, it allows for discourse, and it allows for a greater understanding. And ultimately, that should be the end goal. Yeah. Is after a conversation of a disagreement, get to understand each other better. I did debate in high school 
Um, and there's a couple of different kinds of debate. The type that I did is, um, it's called Lincoln-Douglas debate. And for this style of debate, you have, it's a, a value-based debate. And so you have an issue statement, and then you have to write a case for the affirmative and for the negative. So something defending your position and then a case that attacks the the issue. And I it was really easy for me to go into this when I'm given this statement, then say like, oh, well, I know how I feel about this. And then you have to use values to back up your position. But I felt like I learned a lot when I wrote a case that was contrary to my personal opinion. I still had to debate it, even though I didn't really believe it, but it did help me understand how people could feel a certain way about certain things. That was really helpful and uh, eye-opening, I guess, just eye-opening experience to help me see what, like, how you can actually have informed discussions with people. And I generally walked away from these debates having learned a lot. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a great example of, of a good way to approach a disagreement is thinking of it like debate. A disagreement doesn't have to end in agreement. You can disagree and just disagree. You can see things differently. That is okay. That's what makes relationships and people and humanity interesting and fascinating is we view things differently, we see things differently, and we perceive the world through whatever lens we do. And that adds depth and value to getting multiple people together to talk about things, issues, concerns, life. There's a show that my wife and I were watching this week. As a part of the show, one of the characters has been asked by the mayor of the city to put together a council to look at issues that are affecting their city and pick an issue and address that, bring it to the mayor. And when the council first gets together, they're, you know, it's a retired chief of police, a new um, you know, somebody who's worked in churches their whole career and, and all sorts of different people from all different walks of life. And they get together and there's a lot of tension and a lot of disagreement. And one of the first things that the, the moderator for this group says is, we have to respect each other. You will disagree on probably most things, especially if someone comes from a different side of the political aisle or has a different approach to something, or, or maybe they have personal experiences that give them insight into this certain topic a different way than you do. And that's okay. You know, differences of opinions are healthy and they will help us. Like the biggest thing is we all care about the city and we all want to make this better. Once these people can kind of internalize the fact that the goal, the end goal is to help the city and that they just need to respect each other, the discussion moves along very quickly and they get their first idea put together and it ends up really positively. Yeah, that's awesome. I think you hit on one of two parts of what makes a disagreement successful. It's not that you come to the same conclusion or that you both agree or all parties are in the same mindset. That's not a successful disagreement. But the two things that we think make a successful disagreement are respect for each other. And second is that you're humble, that you can analyze and accept and hear what the other person or people are trying to share in that you can feel like you have a better understanding of your own position as well. Because that's, that's one of the beauties of a disagreement or a debate or whatever you want to call it, is that you understand yourself better because you have to justify how you feel or how you think or, or what your logical process is. And it's good. It builds you into a better person. One of the um, the articles that you 
pointed out Michael to me had some really good points I think of if you if you want a, a roadmap for how to disagree the, there were five points that this article had and the first was don't make it personal just because there's a there's an issue that you're disagreeing on it doesn't have to be a personal attack or a personal issue um, the second is avoid putting down the other person's ideas and beliefs. So I'm going to stop you there really quick. Yeah, go for it. Just because the two of these combined, um, I spent not a ton of time, but some time thinking about this driving to and from work and other places. And I think those two right there are at like the center of conversation strife that we see in our society and in our circles today. Personal opinion. There's a lot of like absolutes, I think. Well, your example of like the mayor saying, hey, you know, we all care about the city and this, an example of an argument, an example of doing this poorly is saying, oh, I care about the city. You don't like, oh, well, whatever party you're in, you actually don't care. I'm the one who really cares. Therefore, you're wrong. And I'm now making it personal because I'm saying, you know, this is you. And then I'm not letting you say what you're saying. And I'm saying, no, this is what you're actually saying, which is putting the other person's like putting down the other person's ideas and beliefs. So like, I don't care what you have to say because I know that you don't really care about the city. You're just doing this for your own, whatever reason, or because some other person's paying you to, or because you're just buying into whatever, blah, 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 right? I mean, these are all things that we hear consistently and constantly. I think those two are kind of right in the middle of most discourse that we're hearing today that is causing trouble and strife and freaking people out in all sorts of degrees. Yeah, that's, I think that's a really important uh, point to make. So funny thing, this article um, you didn't mention this earlier, but this article is actually in a kid's health talking to teenagers. Yeah. Kind of, kind of article like, Hey, your teenager is struggling. This is how you can help them. And here we are using the same principles for fully grown people with supposedly developed brains. <laughs> Man, I just did number two. I'm just putting people down, aren't I? Darn it. I need to follow, follow my own advice. I mean, it's a, it's a process that I think we all go through and we will all go through for our entire lives. But yeah, this is, I think this is a really great article. We'll, We'll link to this in the show notes uh, from Kids Health. But the, the third point on the list is use I statements to communicate how you feel, what you think, and what you want or need. That, I think, is a really important point. I could say, I don't understand what it is you like about this. Can you help me understand? So using I instead of you is a, a great way to soften the tone of the discussion and it takes a lot of the heat off of the person that you're discussing with. Yeah, and I think, honestly, that one's really hard. Um, I remember the first time I heard the I statement kind of theory, I guess. And I tried implementing it, and I'm still trying to do it, but it's it's difficult. Because it's really easy to say, I, blah, 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 but you, blah, 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 blah. And so you're kind of kind of half using it, and that's it's, it's really rough. There was, there was another article that, that talks about that separately, and so we'll save more for that one. But I statements are hard, really hard. Very and a, another point um, that is equally, I think, as hard is listening to the other point of view. I, I think this is a really important point that when I grew up, I, I was not, I was not, and I mean, I'm still working on this, but I wasn't very good at listening to the other point of view. I had my opinions about certain things and I knew that that was, that was it. One of the things that uh, my wife pointed out that I'm not, I, I don't know, I go back and forth on sharing this, but I'll, in the spirit of honesty and, and uh, using an example of, a poor example of this in myself, when I was uh, work, serving as a missionary for my church in Texas and Louisiana, a lot of people down there like Stouffer's lasagna. And I am not a fan of Stouffer's lasagna. 
I really love the way my mom makes it. And in discussions and conversations with other people, I was pretty adamant about that. Like there, no, the only lasagna is my mom's lasagna. And that's just my opinion. I know that a lot of people love it and that's great. Like it's just lasagna. It's not, you know, something that there's no like moral high ground that I gain by defending the way my mom makes lasagna versus one that you buy at Costco or something else. But that's something that I have tried to avoid is making those like those absolute kind of statements. And I don't know. And, and I'm sure that someone listening to this has a, a strong sentimental attachment to Stouffer's lasagna. And that's totally fine. Well, I think you highlight our last point from this article. And that is that you need to stay calm. Yeah. Not make it personal for yourself either. Because one of those first points is that don't make it personal for them. Don't make it personal for you. Stay calm, stay in, tro- stay in control and manage the conversation. Um, again, this kind of comes from a, a kid's article and dealing with teenagers, but you have all the power in the world to control how you react to the conversation, to the disagreement. Doesn't mean it's easier, doesn't mean it's hard, doesn't mean it's something that's entirely doable all the time, because especially when you're in, you know, passionate or heated arguments or you feel really strongly about one topic or the other, and it's it's difficult to stay in control of the situation and in control of the conversation, especially if those conversations are built up over, you know, time or over a series of events and stuff just happens, stuff builds up. But not making a personal Avoid putting down the other person's ideas and beliefs. I statements. Listen to listen and understand, not just to respond and reply. And staying calm. Five tips for having a good disagreement. Those things are a good place to start. Five simple things. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna try to implement those into our disagreement topic? Yeah, let's uh, let's get into that. All right. This is probably the most random thing that when when Michael and I are texting back and forth about what to use as an uh, an example to to illustrate this um after listing off a couple things Michael said well, what about pickles and I said I like them you and he said absolutely not absolutely not I'll die on that hill so I said I said there we go Mm-mm. so the reason I thought about that is because my wife and I went out to lunch she knows I hate pickles on my sandwiches hate them especially on burgers but pickles just do not belong on a hamburger of any kind they just they don't so she has been reminding me like, hey, just ask for no pickles like every single time. And so I did. And they put pickles on it anyways. Heathens. I do not enjoy taking a bite of my savory, salty bacon cheeseburger and the juices are flowing. And like right in the middle of that is a crunch that's not crispy, but like soggy, wafery. And it's like <laughs> briny salt that is like it tastes green like i don't i don't want that in my burger i just want you know like melty cheese and fat and you know like the bread and maybe a little bit of lettuce and tomato and a little splash from the tomato but i don't want a splash of brine in the back of my throat i just i don't want it and so i always take out the pickles no pickles for me so so how do you feel about i i have some friends who I've seen them, you know, share memes about this where like you get the burger and they're like, oh, well, just pick, just, just pick the pickles out. Does that bother you or are you okay with like removing your pickles before you eat the sandwich? Oh, I'm totally fine removing my pickles. I, I inspect every sandwich before. I, well, not always, but. I know some people are like, it's, it's ruined. Once the pickle is in the sandwich, it's a goner no matter what. No, at most places I go, I, it depends on where you go. Because some people build the sandwich, some restaurants build the sandwich differently. Mm. And uh, if if the, I'm this is this is how it gets weird. All right, if the pickle is so, if you've got the top bun and then you've got like the mayo, ketchup, mustard, or whatever other condiments you got on there, secret sauce, thousand island dressing, it's always thousand island dressing. It's not really a secret. But 
uh, if you've got the condiments and then the pickles and then the lettuce or like pickles and then onions and then lettuce and tomato, like that is manageable, you know, because you can pick it out and the, the mayo kind of deadens the pickle flavor, right? I don't get the, the soggy, wafery, supposedly crispy, briny junk when I take a bite of it. Oh, and that's the worst, man. I'm like, I get super excited for a burger and because burgers are my favorite food. And I go to take a bite and that first bite is like, oh, oh, that's so gross. Like, oh, it's just so disappointing. I, I get that first bite and like for the first half of the bite before I even get through the entire bite of the burger into my mouth, it's just so satisfying because I've been waiting for it and I have this anticipation of a delicious burger and then the pickle shows up mm. and it just gets in my way. But I'm fine picking them out. I'm going to use an I statement here. I enjoy pickles. I, I have a friend who enjoys pickles a lot more than I do. And he would fairly consistently buy uh, one of those like jumbo jars, like bulk sized jars of whole pickles. And every night before bed, he would eat one. Okay. And I, I like pickles and I will eat, I will eat pickles like that occasionally, but not, not every night. But I, I do enjoy pickles. I, I think that the, the flavor adds a nice little bite. The vinegar provides a nice little hint of acidity. I don't think that I personally feel like pickles are a soggy wafer consistency because I've had soggy wafers <laughs> and to me they're different. <laughs> that's fair. That's Yeah, that's fair. But also one thing that I really fell in love with when I was living in Texas and Louisiana is uh, fried pickles with a little kind of slightly spicy dipping sauce. Mm. Man, that's really good. So when did you realize, I mean, if you can remember that you first enjoyed a pickle? Because some, I mean, I've seen some kids like whose parents give them a pixel, pickle like when they're two or one or when they can finally eat real food, they give them a pickle and they're just like slobbering all over this pickle. And I'm just like, oh, that's so gross. <laughs> I don't know that I can remember the the first time. I know that I've always like it, when I think back to eating hamburgers when I was a little kid. I put pickles on my hamburgers, and I I enjoy them. I enjoy them so much that I have considered making my own your own pickles or your own hamburgers. Yeah, my own pickles. Okay, I have a good friend in Utah who he pickles peppers and he makes his own pickles and he makes his own kimchi and the other day I was at the grocery store and I, I noticed that they sell pickling cucumbers that are a little bit softer and supposed to be easier to make into pickles than just regular mm -hmm. cucumbers and thought hey that's you know so I enjoy pickles I don't know that are we really illustrating this uh disagreement very well you presented your side I presented my side I was gonna throw in a uh, a little bit more but I will say that I there's, there's correction. There's one pickle that I enjoy. And you've actually helped me realize that. And, and that is, I enjoy the occasional sweet pickle. Can't stand dill. Ooh, that's where I draw the line. Oh, come I, on. I'm an only, okay. You're only over here dill, touting, you're touting spicy. pickles and you're like all for it. And you're like, oh, what, but not that pickle. Because I don't think, I don't think sweet pickles are pickles to me. Okay. So, so what, what makes a pickle? Let's, let's talk about what makes a pickle. Well, t to me, it's the, it's the dill. In the the vinegar flavor, but like the bread and butter ones or the sweet pickles. So the fact that it's a cucumber like, that has been brined does not make it a pickle. I mean, I mean technically, like I think technically, I think it's like you're ignoring yes. science. Okay, it is it is a pickle, 
but I do not care for that. I'm, I'm doing a bad job of disagreeing. I, I don't personally care for that flavor of pickle. And so when we're at family gatherings and there's a large, you know, vegetable tray and there's a couple different things of pickles, I'll ask my, I would ask my parents or my siblings like, hey, try that. Tell me what it is. <laughs> Be my guinea pig. And, uh, yeah. And, and for the most part, I think my siblings and my parents both like the sweet and the, the dill varieties of pickles, but I, I can't do sweet pickles. Oh, man. Okay. So let me, let me explain why I enjoy the sweet pickle. Yeah, please. Okay. And, and maybe, maybe this is why you enjoy the dill. I don't, I don't know. But for me, the sweet pickle always harkens back to my grandfather. He, loves sweet pickles and has them on like every homemade sandwich he has ever made has a sweet pickle on it. He cuts it up. He always has a jar in his fridge. It's just who he is. And so I lived with him. My family lived with him for about a year or so. And uh, anytime we did Saturday lunches or Sunday lunches, we had sandwiches and he would always first thing on the counter, boom, that jar of sweet pickles. I don't know. It's kind of a nostalgic, like remember my grandfather kind of food and just kind of learned to love it. Plus I, I have a little bit of a sweet tooth and so that the brown sugary kind of mm. hints and undertones in the in the sweet pickle kind of do it for me. But I don't think I have a nostalgic connection to dill pickles. <laughs> well, maybe you should get one. I'll try and think of one. Maybe maybe, maybe this is your nostalgic connection to a, to a dill pickle. There we go. Just disagreeing about pickles on a podcast. Yeah. So let's um <laughs> let's kind of loop this back into some of the other articles we were looking at. An- another list. Um the first one is decide if you want to go there. <laughs> Do we want to go there having a disagreement about pickles? <laughs> and and I think that was where we decided like that's when we can we can go there because it's it's pickles. It's not going to end our friendship. It's not going to, you know, but maybe that's for for you and your friend or you and your spouse or someone in your family. That's, uh, you know, maybe you have a disagreement on politics. The first thing to decide is, do you want to go there? Do you want to have that discussion? And maybe your relationship is more important than having that discussion. Now, admittedly, our discussion, our disagreement about pickles is not important. It has zero bearing on our relationship. It has zero bearing on our friendship, on whether or not we're going to continue to co-host. It doesn't actually matter. It was just something that we thought would be fun to do because we have differing opinions, which i.e. therefore disagreement. We understand that there are much heavier, much more important and weightier topics out there to disagree and to, to talk about and try to figure out and understand. We just wanted to present how to go through some of these topics and some of these ways to disagree with in you. A, in a lighthearted manner. With a little bit of humor. Yeah, just to illustrate yeah. these points. Absolutely. The next item on this list I think is so important for dads today. So important. And just honestly for parents. I'm talking with my wife, I'm sure all of your wives and spouses and husbands and even kids kind of feel this one, where sometimes people just make a comment that is unnecessary and unwanted. And so number two on this list is ask if you can ask about it. Ask if it's okay to talk about. Like, hey, can I share some thoughts with you about this? Or I'm really glad you shared your thoughts about this. May I offer mine? If they say no, okay, move on. You don't, you don't need to be super upset if someone doesn't want to hear your thoughts. If they don't want to hear your thoughts, then they're probably not going to listen even if you offer them. Yeah. I had a, a good conversation last week with someone who I know that he and I have differing opinions on certain things and, and that's totally fine. Um, but he said, Hey, there's something I wanted to ask you about. And it's been something I've been thinking about for a while. And I, I think that you and I might have differing opinions on it. Are you okay talking about it? And I said, absolutely. Let's, let's go for it. But I appreciated him approaching this potentially contentious subject carefully and respectfully. And the other thing that that I think was a big key part of this discussion is the third point on this list was keeping it neutral. I guess there's a couple different ways you can look at that. You can look at keeping it emotionally neutral. 
you can look at keeping it I statements versus you statements neutral. I think one of the big things that it talks about in this article, um, when they when they say keeping it neutral, they talk about like starting from the beginning. So if you're going in asking questions about their perspective, trying to get context to what they're thinking, trying to get like, my, for example, my question of, let me explain to you why I really enjoy sweet pickles. Is there a reason why you really enjoy dill pickles? That's kind of the keeping it neutral. Like, hey, there's a little bit of give and take. I'm offering a little bit about why I'm in this situation or why I think this way. I'd like to hear what you have to say in kind. Don't try to be boastful like, oh, well, my experience is better and I like sweeter pickles because it has a relationship to my family. Therefore, sweet pickles are better than your arbitrary experience with dill pickles, of which there is no connection to family. And don't, don't do that. That's, that's not neutral. So they, they take it a political example and they say, try something like, I know conservatives have strong opinions about this issue, but I'm not as familiar with why they feel this way about this other issue. Ask the question, just present the topic, present your comment, and let it be what it is. So number four on this list is start off the conversation with understanding. And that understanding could be anything. It could be, hey, we're just here to have this conversation, we're just here to talk, or you know, we're here to understand each other's opinions, but understand that you are there to hear something that contradicts what your views may be or what your thoughts may lead you to. Like, understand that there's going to be a difference. Just understand that going in, and you'll be so much more prepared emotionally and logically and mentally to receive that opinion from them and have it not necessarily coincide with your own thoughts and actions. I think that's really important. Just knowing that we are going to disagree on something in this conversation, and and that's okay. Um, We're both adults. We can both be respectful, and we want to figure this out together. And I think that leads nicely into the next point, which is look for what you agree on. That's important. Yeah, because I feel like no matter... I mean, no matter what, you you can find something in common with everyone that you talk to that you feel similarly on. And if, I mean, if, for example, Michael said, you know, when we were having our disagreement about pickles, he said, actually, you know what, there is, I do like this kind of pickle. And that was him kind of saying, hey, you know what, I I feel like I have something that I have in common with you on this. And I mean, as it turns out, I didn't feel similarly, but it was... Thanks, bro. <laughs> it was a it was a good point um, and a, a, a good example of Michael trying to look for something that we had in common on the subject. And I think that you can do that with with anything. If I were a betting man, I'd bet on this. But there's probably something with which you agree with in almost every disagreement you've had. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you let that whether or not you let that come up is entirely up to you. I mean, even if it's not something you agree on, it may be a concession you're willing to make. Like when you were talking about the fried pickle, I thought, hmm, I might be willing to try that. It sounds kind of interesting. I mean, I like it, but it's, you know, rather than dying on the mountain of pickles or the, of the devil and I will never touch another one in my life, I had the thought, you know, I'd, I might be willing to try that. Fried food is typically good. If you ever make it out here, there's a restaurant out here that serves really good fried pickles. I'll take you there. We can continue this conversation then. Yeah. So number six. This is a really good one and one that I feel like I have about a 50% success rate with. Sometimes I'm really good at this and it's talk less. Give the other person space to respond. So I first read this and I was like, well, if both parties talk less, no one's going to say anything. But then I realized people just love to talk. And if they're both making an effort to talk less, they'll hear more because regardless, you're going to talk. And, and talking less can even include, like, it doesn't mean don't talk, but maybe when you do talk, mm-hmm. ask a question that prompts a response from the other person. Yeah. Narrative questions is what we call them. Yeah. Or, or ask a question for clarification. Like, so when you say, when you say that you don't like pickles, do you mean you don't like all pickles 
or do you just not like dill or sweet or whatever, fried pickles, or how do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. And get get out of your own way. Absolutely. And I feel like in these kinds of situations, the more you talk, the bigger chance you have of tripping yourself up, saying something you don't mean, or turning this discussion or disagreement into an argument. Which is what we don't want, in case we haven't emphasized that enough. And number seven is, is a... It's a surefire way to almost instigate an argument, I think, and that is using the word but, or to have a good disagreement, avoid using the word but, because that, I don't know, there's just something about that word. You know, it negates everything that was said beforehand. For example, you know, I really appreciate the fact that you are so passionate about dough pickles, but it doesn't matter what I just said. And all that matters is that I said the word but, and now instantly in your mind, you've triggered in the, okay, now he's about to say something that attacks me. doesn't matter what I say, but I think the sky is blue when you eat pickles and you're like well yeah okay but you know dill pickles are still better that i know that's ridiculous yeah but it's true though i feel like i used to say this sometimes when i was growing up and i just because i'd heard people say it were like no offense but mm-hmm. do you actually mean no offense or do you like do you intend offense you're just trying to like soften the blow of what you're about to say after the but or they just want to say what they want know? to say without any consequence and just have you be offended and not take it out on them which honestly is probably what it really is Right. So yeah, avoid using the word but. This next point I think is one that I think is really good. Can contradict a little bit the talking less point, but I think if you can find a balance between the two, um, this point is tell stories. And I think that stories help illustrate your point of view. For example, Michael's story about sweet pickles. I can't stand sweet pickles, but I can appreciate the fact that Michael has this strong connection to sweet pickles from his grandpa. And I appreciate that because I have other things that I associate with my grandparents or other different things. Well, telling a story does three really interesting things. One is it conveys authenticity. Yeah. So it it shows that you're not just playing devil's advocate just to be a jerk. And two, it gives positive emotion. Or most of the time, it it lends some sort of positive emotion. It allows someone to to feel what you feel. Um, and it conveys that quite well when you tell a story. And thirdly is it, it puts the other person in your shoes. So more so than feeling what you feel, it helps them understand motivation and it resonates with people. Let's um, transition this a little bit into more of a focus on relationships and having these disagreements while preserving relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people on Facebook and and things posting about how they're just so happy to use the unfriend button and purge their friend list from people who think differently than they do disagreeing with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and sometimes, I mean, I do think that there is, there is value for purging your friends list because sometimes there are just toxic people that it's nice to get off of your newsfeed. Agreed. But if you are unfriending someone just because they strongly disagree with you on some political or moral issue, I don't really think that that's grounds for dissolving a relationship. Because it's kind of hard to come up with examples on the spot for anything, especially for negative things like disagreements that ended up going poorly. And so circumstances in which people disagree that we thought of especially us as, as dads, is primarily how to do something with your spouse. It's the first one that came to our minds. So you're talking with your spouse and you have different ideas of how you want to accomplish a goal or you know different ideas of what should be prioritized as the top goal. And you have a disagreement about it. And you know these topics can apply there. You know How do you resolve the issue? And those apply there. Or you can disagree with your coworkers about how to do something. And that happens to me on a daily basis. And oftentimes the way that that disagreement is resolved is you play whoever has the highest rank wins. 
and it's never me. So <laughs> I always lose that. And that's fine. It's not about winning. It's not right. about winning. And this this next one is is a personal favorite of mine, and that is you disagree with your kids or they disagree with you. Most often, the latter. Yep. I like to think that I think super logically, and it's very point A to point B, and this decision yields this consequence, and like trying to tell a small child, like, hey, don't stand up on that chair because you could fall off and get hurt. And I feel like for, for me, these kinds of conversations end with a why. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Because they're trying to understand, and I, I've had to, to recognize that as as frustrating as it is to always be hit with this, well, why, 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 after every single thing I say, it's because he's trying to understand and it's hard for his under his undeveloped brain to fully comprehend that his choices have consequences and some of those consequences are bad or some of those things can yield scary results or permanent things. And and so I've had to try and distill my points down to very simple, succinct statements and then just be prepared for the why that's inevitable and be okay with it and just keep answering his questions until he either gives up or he thinks he understands. And then, you know, we'll do it again 10 minutes later. But that's not a bad thing. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very a teaching moment for the kids and I think for for us as parents. Yeah. A, a frequent one we have in our home involves clothes. My oldest likes to wear dresses. She loves them. And she will want to go outside and play during the day in the winter when it's 20 degrees in just a short sleeve dress. And so we have disagreements about that. Points like stay calm, use I statements, try to keep it neutral. Those things are incredibly helpful when dealing with, with your kids. However, listening to the other point of view, we'll leave that up to you. Well, I mean, we're not here to tell you that you shouldn't listen to your to your four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old saying, no, but I want to go play out in the snow in my short sleeves. And, you know, a dress with no tights or anything else to keep me warm because frostbite is not a thing in my mind. I think that's a point to where you say, you know, that's where I hear you. I understand that you want to go play outside and I want to go play outside with you, but you and I both need to put on our coats or jackets or pants or whatever it is, because if you get really cold, then, you know, it could hurt your, I feel like saying hurt is a really a simple thing that kids understand, like this could hurt. You know, it could would have to take you to the doctor if you got hurt. And not that you want the doctor to become this like negative punishment, but if they understand. I see what you're saying. There's there's a very there's a very good way to, to show that you are listening to what they have to say. Yeah. Because, and and you're right in, in that I, I should backtrack. Kids need to feel like they are listened to. Yeah. And you should listen to it and you should listen to your kids. They're not necessarily um, gonna understand. So that I, you're I apologize for for that. No, you're you're good. Yeah. I, I knew I knew what you meant. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like They'll necessarily understand that you're listening to them, but when, when they are old enough, when that you know five, six, seven, whatever that hits for them, when they understand that you're listening, that will have already gone a long way in building a good relationship with them. As hard as it is, because little kids can be stubborn. They want to die on every single hill that you <laughs> have these discussions <laughs> with them about, and and because they can, you know, because it is the end of their world if they can't go outside and play 
in a short sleeve dress in the middle of freezing winter or play with or the, open their seventh banana and take a single bite out of it. Yeah. And so it is difficult to, to listen to that every single time. And if, if you're struggling with that, you're not alone. Like Michael and I both definitely are, are working on becoming better listeners to our kids. Yeah. We've, I mean, I've got a long way to go. So there's, there was one final list that we came upon and I think we should wrap it up with this one. There was one point that was different and unique from, from the other people who are much smarter than us ways of disagreeing. And that was to recognize the good. There is good in disagreement. Um, we've mentioned this kind of in passing, but there is good in having differing opinions and differing views. And there is good in being able to talk about them. We should be grateful that we can disagree. Colin and I are of the opinion that one of the reasons that we are here, part of the reason of life is to experience it and we experience it differently. And as we experience life and experience it differently, we develop those different views to enrich and to add variety and color and more experience to our lives so that we can share it with others. Because if we were to just be here on this wonderful thing we call Earth and all live the same life, that would be incredibly boring. Relationships would be very superficial and very shallow, and not having that depth of difference would make it really bland. And so recognize that there's good. It's it's good to disagree and it's good to have those conversations if we do it well, or at least make the effort to try to do it well. Yeah, and I think one thing, just a, a personal twist on that, um, that there's good on, you know, in everybody and, and I'll say politically on both sides of the aisle. Traditionally, I find myself to lean a little more conservative and I grew up in a town that was fairly conservative and I just kind of grew up in that mindset. But as I've gotten older and I've learned you know, different things. I, I have a lot of friends who are very conservative and it's very easy for the dialogue to become a Republicans versus Democrats or a right versus left. And one thing that I have grown particularly passionate about um, the older I've gotten is public lands and, and like national parks and things that as citizens of the United States, we collectively own Yellowstone National Park or Yosemite National Park or the Grand Canyon. And we share these and we share the what we consider the right to go camping there, go hiking there or fishing or bird watching or whatever it is. And that traditionally is not a issue that is on the conservative agenda. And I appreciate the fact that there are people in the United States Congress and Senate who are working hard to protect the public lands that we have because there are some people that want to take them away or get rid of them or sell them. And I think my, my mindset and my ability to appreciate the good in both sides of the aisle is that maybe I agree with the public lands policy that is a traditionally a democratic point of view. And I agree with something else that's traditionally a Republican point of view, but both of those things are good and I can agree with them. And then I can disagree with other things that they may both support. But the most important thing is that there's good everywhere. And everyone wants to bring good into whatever it is, whether it's with your spouse or your kids or your coworkers or your family. We're all just trying to, to make it. So whatever is going on for you and your loved ones this week, we're with you. We feel you. We're all experiencing it together. Whatever disagreements you may find yourself in, hopefully that's where they end is disagreements and they don't develop into arguments. 
But if they do, try to rein it back. It, you can't be too far gone into an, into an argument that you can't calm down, let cooler heads prevail, and just have a simple disagreement. Look for the good, recognize the good, and as always, keep, keep doing, doing good. good.